It's time for Spotlight on KRWC, a Tuesday morning edition here on this 21st of December of uh, 2021. A lot of twos and ones going on here this morning. 12 21 21 is the uh, date. And uh, on this uh, fourth, no, third uh, Tuesday of the month, as usual, we've got uh, Adam Austin uh, with us with the University of Minnesota Extension Service in Wright County joining us for uh, a final visit here in 2021. Adam, good morning to you. Good morning, Tim. Good to have you uh, aboard with us to uh, kind of round out the year. Happy holidays to you and yours. What's the uh, the office a little slower this time of the year? A little bit. A lot of more people are obviously uh, taking time off and things like that, but we're still here and running like normal otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds great. And, of course, it's uh, an opportunity for you. We were talking prior to the program. This is kind of uh, meeting and training and, um, oh, I don't know, various different uh, seminars going on this time of the year? Yeah, definitely. That's kind of what takes up a good chunk of my December is a couple different conferences, events, things like that. Um, a lot of different sort of updates for crop producers and things like that recently. So um been listening to a lot of good speakers, getting a lot of good information of what we've kind of learned from this past year. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things, obviously hot topics out there for farmers. So um, getting some information on all those so we can kind of be ready for any of those issues if they come back up again next year. Before we get to all of that, maybe let's uh, take a little snapshot here of 2021. Of course, it was a year of drought uh, early on in the year. Um, we had a pretty good planting season, as I recall, and then after that, uh, the rain just stopped. Yeah, definitely. It was dry enough this spring that we were able to get in and get a lot of field work done. Um, you know, at first, through April, May, we weren't too worried about how, about it getting a little drier. We were just happy to be getting in the fields and getting our field work done. But um, right when we got into June, yeah, it definitely started to dry up really fast. And um, I think everybody kind of realized quickly that um, we might be looking at a little bit of a dry year. So um got pretty rough there, as you know, in June and July. Uh, but, you know, really, I think everybody um, looking at, looking at you know, our field as a whole throughout the county, I think we're pleasantly surprised with what we got. So, um, you know, not a great year, but we're, uh, we're happy to see that, you know, some of those late fall rains helped kind of finish things up uh, and, and as well as replenish kind of that soil profile for next year because, um, you know, if we do get dry again next year, obviously, uh, any moisture that we can get in the ground now is going to be helpful. So um, good to see a little bit of replenishment there late this fall, even with some snowfall in here today. You know, snow definitely can help, too, once we get to springtime. So. Yeah, and it hasn't really, uh, we even had rain last week. So, I mean, it's uh, kind of strange how, and it all, it all sort of disappeared. So I'm I'm wondering how frozen the ground really is. Yeah, I don't think, you know, it's been fairly warm. So I don't think uh, the our frost layer goes very deep into the ground right now. Uh, the top is pretty firm, I think. But, you know, once we get a few inches down there, I don't think our ground's even really frozen yet. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely kind of a weird fall. It's been obviously weirdly warm and uh, got a lot of moisture to go with that, too. So, um, finally, now that we're here on, you know, it's probably the shortest day of the year, I think, and we're starting to feel a little bit like winter. So, uh, I think our our rain and thunderstorms is probably done for the year. I sure hope so. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, and, and you know, I'm not a a grower, but I was thinking to myself when we had a few of those um, kind of later October, even early November 
uh, rainfalls. I was just thinking to myself, you know, this was the perfect kind of, if we would have had one or two of these, you know, interspersed back in, you know, July and August, it might have uh, been a whole different story. Mm-hmm. I completely agree, and I think there were areas that did catch those timely rains, and it's definitely reflecting in their yields. If you go kind of southwest towards Hutchinson, uh, and then kind of south to kind of the south side of the cities where the southeast part of the state started to see a little bit more rain, uh, they, you know, they had some really good yields. So I think if we got lucky one time with an inch of rain, that would have completely changed the outlook on our season. I think we'd be looking at a you know, some maybe above-average crops again, actually. Yeah. Well, it gives us a little hope here that uh, maybe all next year will be uh, a little better, hopefully anyway. I, one thing for sure is it looks like uh, input costs are going to be higher, so uh, we got to make it uh, a good crop to be profitable. Yeah, and everybody obviously is talking about that right now. That's a really big Really big thing for everybody right now. Uh, fertilizer prices in a lot of cases have pretty much doubled when it comes to some nitrogen uh, fertilizers. And so deciding how you're going to manage those crop inputs is a big, big topic of discussion right now. Um, first of all, there's some, for some people, there's some concern that product might not be available in the spring. So um, do you maybe overpay for chemical now or for fertilizer now? Uh, at the risk of it coming down later and being available. Um, these are all just sort of decisions that farmers are thinking through, and um, nobody knows for sure what's going to happen as far as the availability of these things. Uh, in some cases, it's a manufacturing issue. Um, some place, in some cases, it's more of a transportation, logistical kind of issue. So um, a lot of different uh, things going on. Like I said, it's in, it's going on with fertilizer. It's going on with different herbicides and different crop protection chemicals. Um, we don't really know right now, obviously, what it's going to look like once we get to April and May. So uh, but what I did hear, though, from some of these recent conferences, um, what I took away was uh, we're not expecting prices of these inputs to get a ton higher. Um, it sounds like some people that I listen to that know way more about it than me uh, kind of think we've kind of reached our peak. Um, saying that, they did mention a couple factors that could could ch- kind of change that course and how much, you know, it'll, it might come down is kind of a question mark as well. Um, but there is kind of a feeling that we've, at least for now, kind of uh, peaked with some of these prices. But we'll see we'll see if that trend continues or if they'll uh, start to turn, point upwards again. We're talking with Adam Austin, University of Minnesota Extension agent here in the Wright County area. Um, other recent conference uh, topics, maybe we'll we'll take these first, and then we'll kind of look ahead to what's coming up. Yeah, so nothing uh, overly that I'll get you know into the weeds on anything here, but just uh, kind of some of the main takeaways that I had from all these conferences that I've been going to. Um, I already kind of, we talked about the whole crop input situation just now, um, but going right along with that is uh, farmers with any grain left in the bin that's unsold, Uh, really should be kind of making a decision on what they're going to do with that grain now. Uh, Our our futures prices and our current cash prices are looking uh, very similar and fairly strong. Uh, But once again, just kind of with what I was just saying, uh, there is kind of a feeling that maybe we've sort of hit a ceiling here around the $6 mark for now. Um, So basically the thought is, as you know, you are starting to maybe purchase some inputs this fall or this winter, 
uh, it might be a good idea to kind of market some of your grain along with that to offset the cost there. So um, we're looking at, you know, good opportunities for farmers right now. And it's just, it's important that if you are going to hold on to grain throughout this winter, uh, just to make sure you have a plan on how you're going to market that because, um, you know, markets can definitely get a little bit shakier once we get into the planting season. And right now the weather down in Brazil and South America is looking pretty dry. So that's kind of helping hold up our prices. You never know what might happen if they get a whole bunch of rain here in the next week or two. So um, just keeping those sort of factors in mind as a farmer and how you want to go about selling your grain um, as we as we kind of work our way through winter. Um, some other things, you know, I went through, I heard speakers on things like uh, resistant water hemp. Uh, that was a speaker from Wisconsin. They're having a lot of issues uh, in the Wisconsin area with, resist, uh, with different herbicide-resistant water hemp. Um, so we're having, you know, got to get, get an update on that. Uh, we are dealing with some resistant weed issues in our area too, I know. So, um, if that's an issue in any of your fields, definitely can get a hold of me and we talk through some of your options there. Again, that could also relate back to our, our supply issues with some of these crop protection items. So, um, other than that, you know, got to learn a lot of, you know, up-to-date current research on white mold and, different management practices that are helping out with that, including row spacing, uh, plant populations, things like that. And then corn rootworm was also a big topic of discussion this year. Corn rootworm kind of came fighting back like crazy this year, kind of at numbers we haven't seen in quite a while. So that's uh, back on everybody's radar now this winter. Uh, And, you know, I had time to listen to a couple conversations about, you know, equipment and how we're using our equipment to manage our crops as well. So, now is a great time of year to be looking over your equipment. Uh, maybe put your planter in a shed for a weekend. Make sure your coulters and everything are all all uh, up in working order and see if there's anything that needs to be impra- Im- replaced or improved before the spring. Uh, now is kind of the time to make sure we're ready to go once uh, things start to thaw out in a few months here. Did the drought of this year, did that bring out uh, any uh, particular problems uh, of things that really only develop when in a drought, any specific weed issues or anything of that nature? There are definitely some things we saw that were aided by the drought, yes. I don't think any of the big pest issues that we saw were completely due to the drought, but it definitely in some situations aided it. Um, I would say these corn rootworm uh populations in some cases was helped by the drought. In some cases, it may have been so droughty it actually kind of hurt. Um, spider mites was another big one this year. I Before this year, I was really unfamiliar with spider mites as a pest to our soybean crops, but um, it really was able to kind of push push north this year being that um, it was so dry. You know, spider mites really just kind of thrive in those dry conditions. So, um, And, you know, of course, when crops are stressed, they're always a little more susceptible to uh, damage from pests and things like that. So uh, we did definitely see that some weeds are a little more successful in dry conditions. Um, basically, you know, a lot of weeds come from areas that um, have little rainfall. So if that's kind of its background, chances are it's going to be pretty competitive in dry conditions as well. So some of that water hemp, um, cockleburr, even our, our giant ragweed and some of those weeds to a point really, really did a good job this year kind of out competing in some harsh conditions our crops in some cases so so yeah definitely some things out there and that just means we will have to keep an eye out next year when uh things start popping out of the ground and be ready to uh 
get out there and scout our fields and make sure we're making the best decisions for everything. All right, let's look ahead to some crop events um, that um, local growers might be interested in uh, attending, and I don't know if uh, some of these are, if they're in-person or virtual or or both. Yeah, so I'll just go through some things pretty quickly here that we have going on right now. The first one that I want to mention is uh, the Let's Talk Crop Series. It's part of our strategic farming thing. It's kind of just a a big effort by our crops team with extension. So this is just every Wednesday morning, and I know I put Monday on your notes, Tim, that was a typo. Um, but every Wednesday at, at 9 a.m., uh, we'll have just a different topic, and for an hour we'll kind of have a speaker go through some of the some of the things on that topic and then have some time for Q&A and stuff like that at the end. Uh, and so just for example, I think the first, the first um, session will be Wednesday, January 5th, and we'll be talking about crop fertility adjustments. So going back to the same conversation we were just having, you know, if fertilizer prices are up uh, 50 or 100%, whatever it might be, um, how does that affect our bottom line? How, how do we cut our rates to match what's our economic optimum, um, making sure we're getting good return for that, for that fertilizer we're putting on the ground? So every week we'll just kind of take a topic like that. We'll go through a whole bunch of different things throughout throughout the winter. So that goes, I think, until February or March. So um, definitely a good one to get in the habit of checking into on Wednesday mornings. And then on, well, actually throughout the whole kind of uh, month of January, throughout the state, we have research updates for egg professionals. This one's a little bit more for our crop consultants than agronomists. Uh, But I think the closest one it looks like will be in Wilmer on Wednesday, January 12th. I hope to make the trip down there and get some good updates on uh, some of the research that our that our scientists and researchers down at the U are figuring out. So, other than that, we have the Nutrient Management Conference in Mankato on February eighth, and the Nitrogen Management Conference in St. Cloud on uh, February fifteenth. Those are both also available to watch online. Uh, so if you want any of that information, just get a hold of me. If you do want to go to either of these in person, I believe it's twenty dollars to attend in person, and basically that'll you know that'll pay for lunch and uh, kind of the building that it's held in. So, um, and then lastly, I just want to mention we do have our private pesticide training sessions in place for for this winter. The one in Buffalo will be on February tenth in the morning. So any of our local producers that have that private pesticide applicator license. You'll want to probably make plans to be in Buffalo on the morning of February 10th if it's your year to renew. Um, Other than that, there are other options if you're unable to make that day. There is one in Hutchinson on February 3rd in the evening. Uh, There's one in Painesville. There's one down in Hamburg. Um, There's some other ones around as well, one up in, you know, there's they're kind of spread out. So if you can't make it to the one in Buffalo on the 10th, just let me know and we can find a different one for you to go to. Otherwise, you know, there's online options again this year as well. So that's kind of what we have going on from a crop side of things throughout the winter here. So um, obviously there's a few other little things going on, but that's kind of the big the big ones that I wanted to hit on right now. Sure. Let's uh, maybe get more on the, um, the, the homeowner side of things, uh, gardening. And I know you got a couple of uh, news releases this week on uh, pollinators and uh, uh, fruit gardening, those kind of things. Yeah, so our big thing that'll be coming up this winter, uh, it'll be year three of our Gardening from the Ground Up program, and that's uh, the week right after President's Day. So President's Day is obviously on uh, Monday. I think it's the 
February 21st, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that following Tuesday, we'll, we'll kick it off right away with a discussion on, you know, uh, actually what we're going to start off, I think I'm going to be speaking that day, um, and we're going to be talking about how environmental factors affect nutrient management. And really what we're getting at there is, you know, within the last three years now, we've seen what it's like gardening in extremely wet conditions, and we've seen what it's like gardening in extremely dry conditions. And that, you know, how wet or dry your soil is, uh, along with other things, can really affect how nutrients uh, kind of interact with plants and in your soil. Uh, so that'll kind of kick off that event, and then we'll talk about uh, building a resilient garden, how to not kill your tree, and some insect identification stuff to round out the rest of that week. So we're excited to do that one again. It's been really successful now for the first two years we've done it, and uh, we think we have a good lineup to continue that. So uh, that's kind of the big one that I'm looking forward to right now. Good deal. Uh, and then um, help for pollinators is one of the things that uh, you're kind of leading off with uh, some uh, interesting items in the uh, uh, newsletters or the uh, there's a seminar series, I believe, that is going along with this. Yeah, so this is just a, kind of a short series that a couple of my colleagues put together. Uh, they titled it, How Can I Help Pollinators? Honeybees, native bees, or both. Uh, so basically, I'll take you kind of through what they're planning on talking about there um, on Tuesday, February 1st. So, you know, just kind of a little over a month away. Uh, the first one will be pollinators and beekeeping. What's the difference uh, going through? You know, are you looking to just kind of uh, protect and help pollinating insects? Or are you actually looking to raise them? Uh, and then on the second, It'll be honeybee production, the tiniest livestock, so going through how to kind of look at taking care of bees as if they are kind of um, like a farm for you. So, And then on February 3rd, actions to help pollinators. Uh, just more tips on how you can support pollinator habitat, their health, their diversity, everything like that. So that'll be a really interesting series for anybody that's interested in pollinators. Obviously, I know we've seen a huge uptick in people's interest in pollinators, which is great to see that people are taking an active interest in taking care of these uh, important part of our ecosystems. So um, that'll be kind of a fun series that I'll hopefully be able to take part of, um, and we'll see how, how that goes there in early February. All right. Um, well, I guess that uh, kind of brings us to the end of uh, our spotlight here for today and kind of rounding out the year of 2021. It's been uh, an interesting year and it's always um, great interest to talk to you monthly or sometimes even a couple times a month when it warrants it so uh, your uh, information has been uh, very much needed here throughout uh, kind of a weird weird summer this past year so we appreciate that yeah thanks Tim it's been fun to join and talk about this stuff um, and have people kind of hear what's going on around the county obviously it was a it was a tough year at times but I think we learned a lot too so there's a lot to take from this year and move forward and do better with next year. So that's that's always good, too. Sounds good, sir. Well, you and yours have a great holiday season. We'll talk to you here in 2022, the uh, third Tuesday of January, and we'll uh, kick around some new topics. All right, sounds good. I'll uh, look forward to that. Happy holidays to you as well. And uh, if anybody wants to reach me, I'll just quickly throw out my phone number. at 763-682-7381. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Happy holidays to you. Yep. Thanks, Tim. Adam Austin, University of Minnesota Extension educator here in the Rhine County area.
on today's Spotlight on KRWC.